Welcome to this episode of Going Off Topic. We're two guys who use fast passes on every single ride and attraction at theme parks. That's right. We're about as authentic as a good game handshake after a loss. <laughs> I'm Brandon. And I'm Chris. And we are Going Off Topic. Hey, well, that was a long bit of a gap there, but uh, it's good to be back, man. Nice yeah. little vacation I had there. Yeah, I, I tried to do the podcast uh, by myself, and uh, oh, no. I got as far as like plugging in headphones into jacks <laughs> and uh, talking loudly at computers, and uh, yeah. Wait, wait, so you got into my apartment without my permission? I wouldn't got worry my about the details <laughs> of how I got to uh, your computer. Okay, well, we'll we'll just like, ignore that. But anyways, um, we have a special guest with us today, as always. That's we right. We are actually back to having guests and not having to rely on how <laughs> untalented and unoriginal we are. <laughs> yeah, relying on movies. But but yeah, today we have our friend Mike Moretti. How's it going? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, we're doing good. He's f- coming in from sunny Orlando, Florida. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and start off with our uh, weird news and strange times. Oh, wow, that, I am rusty. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, it's weird. I feel very rusty, too. <laughs> it's been way too long. And it's, yeah, it's weird. Okay, so get this. This is coming from NBC Sports. This is the first sports news that we've had on the show we have. I know, and that's so weird because we were going to try to not be the the podcast that doesn't cover sports. Yeah. And, uh, you know. It's very divisive. Well, even though you discuss Michigan football quite frequently on here. So. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, get this. Capitals fan travels to Antarctica to remind actual Penguins who the Stanley Cup champions are. Yeah. Tell it. <laughs> yeah. So, going <laughs> through uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in any shape or form is fun, even if we are talking about literal penguins. But uh, Samson Co. from Maryland, an avid Caps fan, traveled all the way to Antarctica Peninsula to remind actual penguins who won the Stanley Cup championships. So, it's like... Just shouting at penguins. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so, like, he took a trip to Antarctica just to... Oh, wait, hold up. So... Uh, Cole posted a photo of himself on Facebook rocking a red Stanley Cup uh, Champions t-shirt with the caption, traveled all the way to Antarctica just to remind the Penguins in person that we got the cup. So he definitely made that shirt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cole and his wife are in the middle of a one-year sabbatical that's taking them all the way around the world. So, okay, so like this is just like a one-way stop. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that as like their marriage was taking a one-year sabbatical. (laughs) That's what I thought too. (laughs) (laughs) Just taking a break. You know, just, you know, you know, just distancing ourselves as we much as possible. We just need a marriage sabbatical. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go tour the world. You're going to go yell at penguins. You know, it's like at, at the same time, you know, at least he's making new friends, you know. True. <laughs> but uh, he's like been planning something along those lines since we booked a trip last year. Well, before the boys. Okay. Been planning something along those lines. <laughs> it's like they were expecting this. This was premeditated. Uh, apparently. Wow. <laughs> um. But it, they were um, 
but it was way before the game that they won the game. But when they they were telling that to, to the Washington Post, and they said we had to pack light given the amount of ground we were covering. So I only have a few T-shirts in the rotation. Co said, "Oh my gosh!" So he had like a, a wardrobe planned out. Yeah, and he's uh, he made sure that the Caps and Nats were represented. So you know, going going for home home team there. <laughs> um, apparently, they were like. While those cute penguins must have been very confused, Caps fans will certainly love Combs' commitment. So, you know, they, they would appreciate it at some point. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, it's like, what would Red Wings fans do? Would they go to see, like, octopuses if we won the Stanley Cup? We would throw boots at people. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, the and Detroit Little Ti- Caesars pizzas. Yeah, and what about the Detroit Tigers? Do we just go, you know, meet meet up some Bengal Tigers and, you know, just say, hey, look what we won. And pour Frosted Flakes on people. <laughs> They're acceptable. <laughs> it, it's so... We'll let you know what lions do when they actually start winning things. Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> if that happens, I say that'll that be the day. A, yeah, I say that as a fellow lions fan. So please, <laughs> yep, don't send me hate mail. In fact, send all hate mail directly to Brandon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I already had a few when I was in California. I don't need it here. It's so. amazing that they were still able to find you in L.A. Right to your hotel room. It was People. like it's like something out of like uh, Harry Potter, where it's just like, okay, <laughs> we're going on vacation, but the letters still find a way to get to you. <laughs> and it's interesting that our, our our haters write letters. Yeah. So that's in like blood. A, that's a certain level of sophistication too. Yeah, it was very creepy. I was very uh, turned off by it. So you know, just making sure, please do, please don't send me anything at all, unless it's like you know job approval stuff then i'm good with that <laughs> please hire me uh, i have something that's kind of near and dear um to me this article kind of resonates you know we, we make a lot of jokes about millennials here yeah on going off topic more more than we should uh yeah we need to look out for our fellow millennials because we're all in this together um yeah uh, so basically this is what this article is uh forget real estate you can't afford it anyway Hasbro releases Monopoly for Millennials. Oh, you know what? I think I saw something like that on Twitter once, but is this actually a real thing? Oh, this is a real thing. Hasbro (laughs) is targeting a specific group this holiday season with its new version of Monopoly, Monopoly Millennials. Okay, so like, what makes this version different than the regular one? Okay, well, Monopoly for Millennials is reportedly centered around the often mocked general. Yeah, often mocked is a freaking <laughs> understatement. My gosh, we t- we are to bl- honestly at this point we are to blame for the dinosaurs becoming extinct. Yep. Uh, we are to blame for uh, stock market the crashing. British. Yeah, I mean it's it- <laughs> stock market <laughs> crashing. Uh, yeah, uh, the the plague. Okay. We were kind of involved in that, so just... Yeah, oh, and our was pl- I supposed to say that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I broke the code. <laughs> There's going to be some people knocking at your door very soon. Oh, anyway, reportedly, uh, uh, the often mocked generation of people born between 1981 and 1996... Okay, th- those numbers are are different everywhere yeah, you look. everywhere. Like, you know, there's so many, like, you know, scholarly sources saying, you know, like, 1980, 1985, like, you know, it's yeah. just like, make I've up seen your it mind. as far as 2000. Like, yeah, so it's yeah like, is, really? is there a reason behind that? Or are they just, I, nobody I knows? Like, I think it's, like, patterns or something like that, like, with the generations. Because, like, you know, obviously with the baby boomers, like, most of them are from, like, um, the World War II vets that came back, you know, from the war and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they had yeah. released some steam. Yeah. <laughs> 
to turn a phrase. Yeah. Good way to put it. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, it, it maybe maybe it's just some sort of like scholarly institution that was just like you know what number should I? Write? I don't know. Just throw some throw something at the wall and let's see if it sticks. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly. I'm starting to think anybody can be a millennial. It's what does your heart tell you? <laughs> Are you broke? You're probably millennial. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, so then like what determines like, what what's the like actual divide then? Because like we have Gen Z that's after us. And like uh, what's... The Tide Pods mostly. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> a lack of common you. sense is the, the big one. And yeah. lots of trap music. Oh, okay. uh, but <laughs> that's what we need more of. <laughs> we really, we really do love you, Gen Z. Uh, we we all have to stick together, yeah. us millennials and Gen Z. We're gonna team up to take on take on the world, even if some take on Gen the baby Z. Boomers. What? <laughs> yeah. Even if some Gen Z are mistaken for millennials, so which yeah, that's a lot. That uh, honestly, they're probably going to resent millennials because it's like that's all they get compared to, and it's so unfortunate that they just got kind of tagged it's like millennials are so bad we're affecting younger generations who had nothing to do with us so that's how that's how like just disease ridden our culture is where it's just we affect everything around us i'm sure there's even some gen xers that are like hey don't look at me i'm gen xer yeah. it's <laughs> gonna be like it's gonna be like when they were just kind of like trying to root out uh uh if there were communists in oh, yeah. uh, America, it's like I'm telling you, he's a millennial. <laughs> no, no, I'm a Gen Xer. I swear. It's like no. blacklisted. The what's the what's that avocado paste on your shirt there, bud? <laughs> uh, it was it was Cinco de Mayo. It was a seven layer dip. Yeah, all right, all right. Tell that to the judge. <laughs> I, I don't even like toast. <laughs> I don't know why he had an accent in this scenario, but you know, some do. Yeah, <laughs> the, well, exactly. But what makes, but yeah, but what makes this like millennial uh, monopoly like unique? I guess than okay. regular. Uh, so the cover of the box features the tagline: "Forget real estate, you can't afford it anyway." <laughs> <laughs> so right, right to the point there. Yeah, and uh, rich uncle uh, Pennybags enjoying a cup of coffee. <laughs> Wearing a participation medal. Okay, you know what? Parti- I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of wild out on this participation medal thing. I'm gonna kind of like pop off here a little bit. Uh, what? Uh, pop off. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, his last name is Pop. Hey. Uh, so this whole participation medal thing. Uh, I don't usually get too angry as a millennial. I, I like to think I'm on the more calm side of things. Yeah, just trying to like uh, s- see from a, like a third person view, yeah. like what the situation is. But this this whole participation medal thing uh, absolutely makes me rage because it's like who's handing out the participation medals? <laughs> yeah, I've actually never encountered that in my life ever. Not yeah. even while growing up or seeing other people have it. Like you see it like you know on articles and stuff like that, like from the news outlets. But like I've never seen it in person. So it makes me think like. Maybe they like insert that in there, you know, maybe a little conspiracy no, no. going on. I have a few of those. I'm not oh, yeah? gonna lie. Um, <laughs> oh, really? I was born in '95, so I'm on the cusp of like every generational argument. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does your heart tell you? Where do you lie? Uh, my heart is definitely millennial. See, yeah. But I'm an old soul too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like classic millennial who knows line. where I am. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I remember like. For the longest time, I had a bunch of, I had like maybe like three or four participation trophies for sports. And I, I did not play sports well at all. <laughs> so like, I don't even know how I got So them. the fact that yeah. I had trophies was 
was wild. Um, they just show I up remember, at your house. There was one for like soccer and one for baseball, and I think I had one for basketball even. Yeah. What did they say? Like, do you remember what they it said? Just, like, no, you just got one. It was just <laughs> yeah. like here, and it said it literally said for participation in oh. said sport. Oh, you poor thing. You see, and and that's that's the thing is I you know the go to line uh, from generations that uh, are ta- that talk about millennials in a negative way. It seems to be like, oh yeah, well this generation needs participation trophies to feel good. And it's like, no, no, we don't. Yeah, no, I I don't know a single person who was ever excited to get a participation trophy. I feel more bummed out. You know, if I got last place, I would like that more than a participation medal honestly know? yeah it's like there's no merit to it and there's there's nothing feels good about it i i don't know a single person who ever was excited to get a participation trophy and again who's the one handing it out are we the fragile ones or the ones who were like couldn't bear to see uh their kid lose or not get first place so they gave him something uh right, because yeah. it, i think it makes them feel better than it actually makes the the kids feel better right you know this this kind of reminds me um so this happened a couple years after i got out of my elementary school and i remember um the elementary school i went to oh no it was like a, it was like a sister like um elementary school but anyways it was in the, in the same town but they they had two basketball court uh hoops installed but then they put a third one in and like apparently all the parents got like outraged about it how does like, this work <laughs> because like they were like they couldn't play games or whatever. Like, like, you know, you don't have to use that hoop, but like they were getting all like, you know, ordinary about it. And they were like, you know, how are we supposed to play games? You know, if you're using all three hoops, whatever. And like, I don't know that just for some reason that kind of reminds me. It's all fun and games until someone gets a new hoop. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to this monopoly thing, I never knew that guy's name. So it's rich uncle Pennybacks. Yeah. That, which which is dated because penny bags. That's that implies that's like you are not doing well. <laughs> it's like, but just one last thing on the participation thing, and yeah. then and then I'll, I'll I'll get off my very small soapbox here. Yeah. Um, I I did wrestling for one year back in high school, which tells you how well it went for me. Um, <laughs> and basically there was one meet we went to, one wrestling tournament where I was the only guy that showed up in the 160 weight class. And oh, don't tell me. I got a medal by default. Oh. And so so my whole team, who knew I was not that great of a wrestler, I mean, I was a freshman. I was just a little guy. Right. And uh, it's like, oh, wow, Chris got a gold medal? It's like, dang, good for you. It's like, and, and I just I just was like, it just killed me anytime somebody said that because it was like, I I didn't deserve it. I didn't. Des- I didn't beat anybody. But then it's like they justified. It. They were like, "Oh yeah, well you still had to make weight and you, you still showed up." And no, so? no, no. So this whole participation <laughs> thing, uh, I think, is a horrible stereotype, and I think a lot of millennials and Gen Zers uh, would agree that it is not not something anybody asked for, and not something anybody cares about, and yeah. really should stop coming up in conversation as something uh, that we're into. Like for me, it's like, what benefit does anybody get out of it? That's my question. Like, you know, the thing I would most rely on is maybe the parents for like having their kid not feel bad. But then like that's coming from their like, you know, childhood or whatever from their parents not like, you know, giving a crap about them basically. But but that's life though. Like, you know, you have to live with it. Like it's just, it's, it's dumb that, you know, that, that happens unfortunately, but, but you know, 
but apparently it's only for millennials though apparently they don't do it anymore so according to monopoly here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was only our generation <clears throat> Uh, but yes, I didn't finish describing. I realized I, I went on my little rant there before just finishing describing hey, what... We're, we're called going off topic for a reason. So <laughs> living it, up to it's the very name. appropriate. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, the, the penny, penny bags, you know, the little Monopoly guy, um, yeah. this time in uh, uh, Monopoly Millennial, uh, he is enjoying a cup of coffee, wearing a participation medal, uh. and sporting his earbuds. Ear- Wait, which is, which, is, which is wrong too it should be dre beats because yeah. come on that's <laughs> okay now now i'm going on my own tangent here about, okay about dre beats. man we are not even gonna get through this article because <laughs> there's so much to make us angry man we are really living yeah. up to the millennial rage uh apparently stereotype i can get behind that though so okay so this is just coming from an audio guy here but you know you know how expensive dre beat headphones are and such like they're like hundreds of dollars um yeah. unfortunately for most people it's kind of really cheaply made and like it's not really good quality dry beats yeah oh, and man. they actually like r.i.p your inbox <laughs> like <laughs> i know um but like basically it's just all name and branding but like you can basically get all like name and brand i'm sorry stop anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh but like it's basically just like really cheaply made like it's like not even like a, a huge fraction of like how much the actual cost is and it's just you can get way better like even casual headphones for way cheaper than a dre heavy but honestly it is all named though so sorry sorry for i disappoint anybody out there but just telling you how it is well yeah i mean that's kind of on you for picking a fight with dr dre but whatever hey his music's good i'm just saying you know he's a good businessman but i'm just saying like you know Good make, thing Dr. Make, Dre and all of his uh, all of his friends and all of his uh, people he's worked with are, are known for letting things uh, letting things go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, yeah. But, but earbuds, like that's yeah. a millennial thing. I guess so. I mean, and part of it is just you know, I think a lot of people walk with headphones because they just aren't interested in talking with people and want to just be in their own world and because people you know, are weird. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is it's not even like, uh, oh, see, this is proof that people don't want to talk with each other. It's like, no, there was newspapers on trains and buses back in the day. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And books, which still people read them, like on subways and trains. You know, it's just like. Yeah, so it just, the technology changes, but when people want to avoid people, they're going to find a way. We didn't start the fire, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so instead of collecting money as players make their way around the board, they will instead be collecting experiences. So, <laughs> <laughs> like what? That is the oh, cherry man. on top, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's the funniest thing is there's so many stereotypes in this article already that I'm just expecting one of these experiences to be like going to like an outdoor festival, music <laughs> festival. <laughs> uh, these experiences reportedly include parents' basement, thrift shop. <laughs> And oh. farmer's market. Ooh, that no. is like all Grand Rapids right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, on Walmart's website where the game is priced at nineteen eighty two. I don't I don't know why that they felt that was wrong. Because because it's Oh, because that's the you know, cutoff. Nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety six. So there you go. Interesting. In case you wow. wanted to buy it too. <laughs> it's currently listed it's currently listed as out of stock. Wow, uh, big surprise, actually. See, we're spending money on these stupid games instead of houses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the di- the Which game- is kind of in a sense with D&Ds. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, that's so true. 
Uh, the game is described as money doesn't always buy a great time, but experiences, whether they're good or weird, last forever. So that's like all our friends going on trips and posting it on social media. They also travel. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like everybody else. So what <laughs> makes that difference? Walmart's description also adds the frequently used millennial saying, adulting is hard. Okay. All right. Hold up. <laughs> hold up. I actually cannot stand that term. I saw a guy yeah, yeah, gets a I was working old. with. Um, he had that shirt and it's like, I adulted today. I'm like, okay, so you went to work, you did adult responsibilities. Congratulations. We all do too. Like we all have to live with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I never liked that phrase for some reason. It just always adulting. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It seems immature. <laughs> uh, monopoly for millennials comes after Hasbo has, <laughs> has been, Hasbo, <laughs> Hasbro. <laughs> Uh, after Hasbro released Cheaters Monopoly earlier this year. Wait, wait, Cheaters Monopoly? Yeah, not yes. like Cheaters as in like infidelity. Wait, this is, is this is a thing too? Yeah. Yeah. Early, I never heard of that. In that version <laughs> of the game, uh, players are encouraged to cheat by stealing money from the bank or moving another player's token without anyone noticing. <laughs> oh, I think, my God. Actually, Cheaters Monopoly, I think the other way of describing that would be the Baby Boomers Monopoly. <laughs> oh, Shots fired. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Please, please, guys. Please. We, we do we, actually have a few Baby Boomer we, listeners. Yeah, we, we, we love the Baby Boomers. Yes. We, this is all just friendly ribbing. <laughs> we're, 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 we're good. We're, we're funny, right? Please, 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 <laughs> please, please don't cancel us. <laughs> please clap. <laughs> but like that, that like encouraged to steal money kind of thing. I don't know. I feel like that's like something like my cousins and I would do like, you know, whenever like holiday get togethers happen. Yeah. And no, stuff, one, like, no one really cheats you over like family when it comes to board games. Yeah. Okay, so I got I got one last story for you guys. So this one's kind of a kind of a bummer thing, but oh, it's also kind of like funny in a way. <laughs> so Tampa takes top Florida city for singles, but overall Florida is not the best state for love. So it is. Well, like I moved the- to the wrong place. <laughs> I was about to say, you care to comment on that? <laughs> this was not planned. I I totally forgot about that. <laughs> So most people would agree, dating sucks. It's expensive, nerve-wracking, much like the playing the lot. Oh wow, this is this is kind of deep. Um, <laughs> much like playing the lottery, the chances of success are slim. Oh wow, that makes us. Did feel a millennial good. write this article? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> but there are some key factors that determine if you get a text back or ghost the next day. Yeah, a millennial wrote this. Yeah. And Wallet Hub, a money savings website, has released the best cities for success. On Tuesday, the website le- released its 2018 Best Worst City for Singles list. And Tampa Bay fared... Yes, it is a slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> and Tampa Bay fared pretty well, well compared to the rest of Florida, to make the top list for singles. And cities have plenty of entertainment options that weren't too expensive and ways um, that singles can mingle. So Tampa was the highest ranked city in Florida, taking 29th, following closely by Orlando, which was 30th. Um, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Hub. <laughs> because like mostly everybody's tourists and they just you know not many people like live there so I, yeah. I guess I could see that there is plenty of fun things to do in Tampa as it's scored very well in the fun and activities category but those things are expensive and can be difficult to find someone whom to go with those things I I just I don't know I just I never really figured like there wouldn't be much you know cheap wise in Tampa for you know dating stuff because apparently going to the park is you know too expensive <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you could but, go to the beach, um, like that. You know, they've got a lot of 
yeah. outdoor activities in Tampa. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, you don't you don't have to rely only on restaurants only and like you know, like theaters and stuff like that, like you know, like plays. But like you know, I, I guess it's different over there for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but St. Petersburg didn't show up until seventy fifth, following way behind Miami and oh, Fort wow. Lauderdale. Okay. Uh, St. Petersburg should have plenty of spots to visit, on, and those spots are affordable, according to Wallet Hub. But dating opportunities are dry in the Berg. Who, <laughs> wow. right? What a quote! It's all old people. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have some uh, relatives that live down there, and I kind of I went there a couple years ago to visit them, and like it's they live in Ellington, I think is the city's name, and like it's literally just all like. 60 year olds and up and like it is like i'm i didn't see anybody besides like my parents and myself under 60 it was insane <laughs> you know because they talk about it all the time you know like you know it's a great retirement you know state or whatever which, which is cool but just like you know you don't realize it until you actually go there like there is no young people whatsoever <laughs> yes so the dating true. there is is not great oh <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know if I like that one. <laughs> Other noble achievements for the Sunshine State, uh, Orlando has the third most nightlife options of the city ranked. Cape Coral was awarded the third cheapest place to get a movie ticket and second for the cheapest beauty salon cost. Okay. Who? Beauty oh. salon? So you're, we're talking like five bucks for a ticket then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cost of beauty in Cape Coral. Yep. <laughs> it's like, we know why you're here. Yeah. But like I don't know, it just it just seems weird to me that like you know I mean I guess it's not with like I guess prices do like play a factor in dating and stuff like that, but like to be that low, I guess like it just <laughs> to be this cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time of this recording, which is more than likely Thanksgiving, all of you guys probably just finished your you know dinners and stuff, and you know you probably just. Like, you know what? What's going off topic doing right now? Let's see if they released an episode. So, you know, I oh, figured... going off topic. What are they up to? Yeah. Oh, not much, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I figured we talk about um, Thanksgiving meals and food and stuff because, you know, I'm extremely hungry, actually. I mean, I yeah, this yet, is great. So. I haven't eaten a single thing besides that banana. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you guys... Like have like traditional like Thanksgiving dinners at all like huge turkey and stuff like that because I don't know if it's like really common anymore. At least in my family, <laughs> you, you don't do the traditional anymore. Well, we did, but um, and then it all changed. <laughs> well, my <laughs> my grandfolks are getting older, so it's kind of like because they were kind of like the matriarch and patriarch of the family so like you know they did all the like most of the cooking and stuff because they wanted to not you know we forced them or anything but <laughs> get uh, in the kitchen <laughs> cook all make thanksgiving fun for everybody yeah so like you know we've we've done like you know certain stuff like you know appetizers sometimes like we've had a few appetizer thanksgivings at some point but you know we, we had turkey there but like it wasn't like you know a main staple it wasn't like the main thing at all so um turkey wasn't the main act no, it wasn't. We didn't even name it Tom. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I know. My family was weird apparently. What what <laughs> was the what was the main event? Uh just well, it was like everything was like equally spread out. So like, you know, there wasn't like, you know, like a huge like main course kind of thing. It was just like uh, like 
appetizers. Oh, okay. So you had like a everybody is valued here Thanksgiving. Yeah. As far as the food goes, everybody brings something. In okay, a sense, so, so okay. okay. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just gonna say the you know the corn is probably not on the same level as the turkey. Probably. I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's like, oh, thank goodness the corn is here. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait. Well, okay. I was gonna defend corn, but, but you know what? It's Thanksgiving. Like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I assume from the lack of responses, you guys have more traditional Thanksgivings for your families. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I grew up uh, in an Italian family, and so. Um, not saying it's like a stereotype, but right. we spaghetti eat, turkeys. We eat a lot. Um, yeah, my like you said, you know, we had my grandparents who were, you know, the head honchos at the mm-hmm. at the table, and um, my grandma for the longest time would make meals. Um, both my mom's side and my dad's side. Oh, um, wow. Both grandmas would separate, of course. Would they'd make um, like full meals um, and all the um, family members uh, would come and help um, mm-hmm. the day before. So, I mean, Thanksgiving was always just this big celebration. It started Wednesday with meal prep, and then Thursday was a whole, like, eating, games, hanging out. Um, you start <laughs> with you start with dinner, you go yeah. to coffee, you get the fruit, you go to coffee again you get dessert <laughs> you can eat a lot uh, of and coffee it, and then we would do that for lunch and then we'd kind of let our stomach settle and then we do it again at dinner oh wow <laughs> uh, so that, and, that's like a huge event then yeah so we'd go i mean some it just depended on the year we'd go to my dad's side first we go to my mom's side first mm-hmm. um and we still keep up with that every year uh, well, i've been good. doing it for 20 you know 23 years right so <laughs> Um, Man, you guys must show up with like huge belts. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. yoga pants <laughs> and elastic pants. There's no, I mean, <laughs> should just show up in like the laziest clothes. The way we eat, <laughs> like you're about to run run track, but you're not about to run track. <laughs> it's like, man, he's got the sweats on. He's got a headband. So like, why are you wearing a headband? And at it's the worst it's because like, you go from mom's side to dad's side or whatever. And it's two separate full meals and they wait for you. They're like, okay, we're going to go to other grandma's now and we're going to eat <laughs> another whole meal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it like, just reminds me of that episode. It's like a newer episode of family guy where mm-hmm. uh, Peter and everybody joins the coast guard and uh, their slogan in the coast guard, which is not at all their actual slogan in real life just in case anybody got confused there. Yeah. Uh, in the show, the slogan was, when you're here, your family, which is actually Olive Garden's <laughs> slogan. <laughs> and anytime they would say it, there was like a cutaway where they're all just like feasting on all-you-can-eat Olive Garden. Yeah. And it got to the point where anytime anybody says, because when you're here, your family, it like would cut away to them feasting. And it's by the time they get to like the third cutaway of that, they're all just so sick <laughs> and they don't want any more Olive Garden. And then the episode ends and it's basically someone's about to say it. And then the guy gets shot and is like, I am not going back to that restaurant. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. Well, we, uh, with our family, we basically cook our turkey with a blowtorch. Um, well, I was about to say, <laughs> that's a joke. you gotta, you gotta like give me details on that. No, that's a joke. We, we are very traditional and we pretty much, um, we pretty much just stick 
to like our our immediate family like it, it's just us oh okay and yeah. uh basically um my brother and i uh every single thanksgiving since we became growing boys uh decided <laughs> that hey peas are good potatoes are good yeah. stuffing is good gravy's good turkey's good how about we all just mix it into a like a kfc turkey thanksgiving no. bowl no are you serious <laughs> and so every year after we like eat politely in front of our family <laughs> as soon as it's over it's like okay now we can actually eat and we make our thanksgiving kfc bowls <laughs> and just go off into a corner somewhere and just kind of hunch over the bowl <laughs> Oh my god! It's like, like it's it 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 looks disgusting. <laughs> I fully admit that, but it is so good. So like, was it just like mostly like mashed potatoes then? You you honestly, it depends. It's it's dealer's choice, really. It's like if you're Don't. a big potato guy, you put in a little extra potato. But I I'm, I like the stuffing, so I'm a little more stuffing. The the ratio the ratios vary is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so. Don't but, tell me you put in pumpkin pie too, did you? <laughs> no, I'm not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Some garbage disposal. Well, what was that then? Like that—that's exactly what you said. And like, oh, pumpkin pie on it. Oh no, that's that's terrible. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got. There's a limit that, yeah, that we have. The bar has to be set somewhere. And pumpkin pie. Nope. <laughs> don't even clear up the table. I'm just gonna hold the bucket. <laughs> The bottom of the table, I just do the magician slide all the food into the bucket, the little kiddie pool, Down and just I mix go. it all. <laughs> I'll do even take like, the corn. Do you have like a food coma after that? Like, oh, absolutely. There's definitely a coma every single time we get the itis real bad, and uh, we are passed out cold turkey uh, hey, so yeah, there. I, know. I had to find a way to, I have to get five in so you know yeah uh, that's the requirement but uh, yeah I mean just the looks of disgust from our my <laughs> our mom and dad and our sister especially so <laughs> they're, like, they're like we're so disappointed yeah so basically we're, we're at the point where we're not allowed to do it until we're eating in private <laughs> So that's gonna be like a tradition. You're gonna carry on with your kids then, oh, like. Oh, absolutely. I just that's the kid. That's the thing is, I'll just have to like marry a wife that is like okay with uh, me making my Thanksgiving shovel bowl. Shovel. So that's the name, the shovel bowl. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and it just like you just pile it all together, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I said, we have to eat it in private because it is so mortifying to our family. <laughs> <laughs> eat at the actual Thanksgiving table. Do you like we have you, to not do it anymore. Do you like make, and rightfully so. I get it. Do you like make like noises while you eat too? Because like, you just like, scarf it down. <laughs> I've been told. I, I, I'm not going to confirm or deny. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll just leave it at that then. <laughs> oh, but we've actually um my we went to my dad's side uh, for Thanksgiving a few times back in the day, and we. We did this tradition where we actually go bowling after um, our dinner, and we don't do that anymore. But I really miss that though. Like that was a lot of fun. And apparently they did it back in the seventies and sixties too, but they just kind of just stopped. Like I'm like, yeah, that was actually kind of cool. Like why not do that anymore? It's why just, not the bowling, please? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've 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 heard this fact before. Not sure if it's true or not, but apparently, um, I believe it's the day before Thanksgiving. Like 
pizza delivery is like the most busiest time of the year then really the day before? what because like it's prep time for like cooking and stuff and you're like oh, oh i don't want to make something. something more i'm not gonna eat you know, this trisket crackers for, for tonight for dinner so apparently now they... that you say that i just realized we order pizza the day before thanksgiving oh my gosh gosh. you're tired from cooking all the time and it's just like hey you know what i really don't feel like you know making more food let's just have somebody make it for us and deliver to us so but like i'm not i'm not 100 positive that's the most busiest day but like i've been told that though so but i mean like it totally makes sense though now saying it now i want a thanksgiving styled pizza (laughs) that's like potato based with like some stuffing on it Turkey. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? You know what's actually. This is gonna sound a little bit pathetic, but you know it's actually one of my favorite Thanksgiving memories. Oh, when I was younger, I lived in the other side, the east side of Michigan, and um, we would go to Kalamazoo to go see our family and stuff. But um, my dad was out of town, so he couldn't drive me and my mom to Kalamazoo to you know help you know cooking stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just me and my mom. We're like, okay, let's go to think. Let's go to Kalamazoo, whatever. And we were so busy, like, you know, getting stuff ready that we didn't, like, have time to, like, make dinner. So we just got, like, food at the gas station. Like, I got, like, <laughs> a sad Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I got, like, you know, I didn't get circus peanuts. Calm down. <laughs> I got, like, gummy worms. I got, like, um, an ice cream, I think. And, like, I don't know. It was just, like, it was a really small moment that's really insignificant. But, like, it meant a lot to me for some reason. Like, it was just kind of a cool thing that, like, my mom and I had. This, I'm, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. It's going to be... Honestly, Thanksgiving is one of my like it's one of my favorite holidays. I really like it, actually. It's the black sheep of all the holidays, though, because, really you is. know, it doesn't get it's the one before and after, you know, yeah. Christmas and Halloween. And, I mean, right now, it's... it our The front yard is, like, you know, full of snow right now, and Is it's, that the same thing for you? <laughs> <laughs> the fake snow, maybe. Um, but just, like... It gets overshadowed. Like even when I went to uh, Disneyland um, last week, you know, like they were getting ready for their like holiday celebration and stuff. And like it wasn't like you know official yet, but they were like still like getting ready. And I was just like, I I'm not used to this. Like this is like this early November. Like I like I don't know. It's just it's just weird. And like my my neighbors here in the apartment complex, they already have their Christmas stuff up. And it's like mm-hmm. give Thanksgiving a chance. Like I I still have like. <laughs> autumn leaf garland decorations in my house still like you know i don't have you know the pumpkins or whatever but like you know it's still like fallish at least to be fair thanksgiving doesn't have uh good branding uh they yeah. don't have uh like a good mascot to fall on mm-hmm. uh and they just uh their marketing's bad i mean they really need to uh <laughs> well it's it's yeah. hard to market thanksgiving i mean <laughs> yeah it's just, i mean it's just not the greatest of yeah. of traditions to celebrate it's just a lot of a lot of supermarketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> um, also, we were talking about like the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade, which is like the most famous thing. Guess who comes in at the end of the parade with a big sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? Of course, Christmas holiday coming up. So it's like, you know, it doesn't even get a shot. It doesn't even get a chance to like, you know, grow and like, you know, do something. We have like, you know, just turkeys everywhere, like, plaster everywhere so yeah i see like, that as like yeah. uh, 
like subtly but not subtly like shutting the door on anything else it's like okay you've had your fun now we know what time it is it's like once like santa claus goes down on the street like that's literally the official end of thanksgiving and it's like official if you saint nick's time now <laughs> it's like as soon like it's like it doesn't matter if you're eating or not your dinner or later or not no like as soon as i go down that street it, it ends. jingle bells jingle bells <laughs> Oh, I just I I feel so bad. I mean, I really shouldn't because you know it's not a thing. But like I feel bad for the holiday because like you know it's cool. I like it. It's a good time to spend time with family and just like reconnect and eat amazing food and you know just gets overshadowed by two great holidays. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I know it's between the two. Mm-hmm. It's between the two goats. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go ahead and go into Mike's topic here which happens to be a really interesting one. It's about uh, creating storytelling worlds, um, especially with the newest release game at this time, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Fantastic game. So Fantastic. I, I actually have not played them at all, and I really want to, but I've heard many good things about the, the series. Okay, so you're going to need a lot of earmuffs for this segment then. Oh, boy. <laughs> Definitely. Just a spoiler, Steve alert. Um. But I was just kind of thinking, like, you know, maybe we can discuss, like, you know, what's kind of, like, your go-to favorite storytelling aspects? Like, what what makes, like, you know, a medium's world, like, worth telling, I guess? Because there are some that are, like, really descriptive, and ex- like, you know, in their lore, kind of like Elder Scrolls and Game Fallout of Friends. Mm-hmm. Like Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Like, that has, like, extensive lore. But, you know, it's, like, what makes it to that point, you know? Yeah, I, I think especially with get coming off of playing red dead redemption 2 it is essentially when you build a world you know you can have all those elements and you know this landscape and these characters and all these interactive aspects um Mm -hmm. and that applies to games movies books um in a number of ways but i think when it comes down to it it is just the best one thing you can do when creating a world is creating a world that people can relate to. Right. Um, and you wouldn't think in terms of a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter that yeah, they'd be so relatable, but they are. Right, because it's mostly like, you know, most people think that uh, people attached to are firstly the main characters more than mm-hmm. anything else. But then once you, you know get to know the characters and such, then you go into the world in a sense. Um, I, I could think of a great example is uh, Harry Potter, for instance. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you know, the three main characters, Harry, Ron, Hermione, are can be very relatable to a lot of people. But like once you like you know explore Hogwarts and the Diagon Alley, like that just opens it up so much more. And like you know, if you really want to look into it, not just in the movies, but like in the books, like you know, um, J.K. Rowling's like uh, Wizarding World website. Can't remember what the name of it is, but oh, Pottermore, that's what it is. Um, like you can learn yeah. so much more about the history and such, and it's it's all there for people who want to look for it. And she know? built that entire thing. That's yeah. the incredible yeah. thing of all of that. Mm-hmm. That entire world was built from her. Yeah, I mean, like that's mm-hmm. over twenty years, like of it, of the whole time lapse there. But like most of it was done, like you know, in just a few years, like in writing, which blows my mind still. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and we kind of, and I, I swear, I'm I'm really trying hard not to always take this back to Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Durgans, <laughs> but I keep doing it. Uh, 
that's another great example. If you're not playing Dungeons and Dragons, one of the like like planned adventures that you can play. Right. I mean, that's all you. Like you have to come up with the entire world. Like you have to come up with all of the characters, all of the lore and you know, some people might think, well, yeah, what's so hard about that? It's like I dare you to come up with a world that you also have to come up with history. Like you have to come up with battles, like in yeah, you know, if like if yeah. we're talking about like an RPG, like like history, historic battles, historic sacred grounds, rivalries, feuds between families, mm-hmm. uh, insignias of of houses. Um, you know, you see it. I mean, I re- I loved Game of Thrones. I still do, and I loved it so much that I read the books. And in the books, it's like he can go on like three or four pages of just describing what some dude is wearing. Like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets really elaborate with the food and what people are wearing and yeah. what a setting looks mm-hmm. like. And it's just, it's mind boggling that anybody is capable of just creating an entire universe just, just from themselves. Right. Oh yeah. Um, now, this is kind of relevant, too, because this happened recently, but another person I can think of in that capacity is Stan Lee. And, yeah. you know, rest mm-hmm. in peace. Right. Yeah. Um, he was a huge, you know, influence in my childhood, and my dad's childhood especially. You know, I would read his um, comics from the 60s and 70s, and I still do. You know, I pop in them every once in a while and stuff. But, you know, back then, like, you, you got to realize something. So, like, you know, now we take it for granted with, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is really awesome and like you know i love it but like back in the you know 60s and 50s and even prior to that like the the most you would get with like connectivity back then was like batman and superman being for like the world's finest issues and like that would only last for like you know a couple of issues and that's it like no other interaction everyone was kind of their own thing in their own world in a sense um you had slight things happen um with uh submariner and the human torch back in the 40s like they would appear in each other's issues every now and then, but like, you know, it wasn't anything big, but when Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, you know, started making comics in the early sixties, uh, with fantastic four, Spider-Man, Hulk, Iron Man, y- you name it. And, um, they, what's cool about it is like, there's a prime example. So there's an issue, which is really awesome. It's where, um, Reed Richards and Susan storm, uh, finally marry each other. And in the wedding ceremony, you see, all the characters up to that point that they've made together, including Jack Kirby and Stan Lee himself trying to get into the wedding, but they were ousted out and they couldn't even get in, you know, <laughs> but like, just like that alone, just like seeing like all the characters and it, and it wasn't just like a little one panel thing either. Like they all interact with each other too. They're going to each other's issues and such. And like, it's just building a bigger world, you know, and it's just awesome that like that all came from, you know, the minds of a couple dudes, you know, it's just, amazing and um i mean even video games do that even more so in extent and mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like i mentioned earlier with like elder scrolls like i mean you can i mean we, we talked about it already in a previous episode but it's like there's so much like world building in there and it's that that's what i love most about the game like uh, the combat like yeah that's fine but like i love like learning more about the environment the world itself you know it's just mm-hmm. it makes it more yeah. interesting well you know and i haven't beaten uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 as of this uh, recording uh, I've just been kind of I'm still in chapter 2 actually so I'm, I'm same pretty, here yeah, <laughs> too much, there's too much happening in that game 
Exactly. It's it's a true testament to uh, you mm-hmm. know what we're talking about with world building. Uh, I've been blown away with how detailed it is, how much depth there is to it, and just the little things you do. Like what? Yeah. Um, for example, I, I, I do a lot of hunting in that game, like just to like upgrade stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> one of the recipes... <laughs> recipes uh calls for uh, <laughs> calls for uh a goat hide um and i wasn't f- having a lot of luck finding goats in the wild so i just said hey maybe i'll just go to a farm over here <laughs> and just borrow one of the farmer's goats and get in the pen with them and so i got in the pen with these goats and i'm kind of like looking at them and you have to in this game you have to basically uh look at the animals to see if they're three star quality which is a perfect pelt mm-hmm. if they're one star it's poor and if it's two star it's good so you want to get the perfects right so i'm looking for the perfect goat uh the goat of perfect <laughs> the goat <laughs> and uh basically i'm ch- i finally find i find the goat and i'm chasing it down and it just like it it freezes solid and i'm like oh man it just the game's glitching on me and wow i just found a bug in this game because it's like it's completely rigid and looks like it's just like off its track mm-hmm. and i all of a sudden it gets back up i was like oh my gosh it's a fainting goat that's how <laughs> detailed they were with this game is they actually have fainting goats that behave oh just God. like fainting goats oh that's crazy yeah um so like what other examples as well you can think of at least in Red Dead too? Because I've heard about um, like bodies being like laid out in the sun and stuff. From what I've heard, have yes. you seen the video of? Um, it's just like a short. It, it should be just a vine, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it's your main character, Arthur Morgan, rides up to this guy and he says, "Hey, you need some help with your horse?" And then the guy mm-hmm. goes, "No, no, I got it." And then the horse just kicks this guy. <laughs> knocks him out complete like he is dead and and oh, your wow. character your character just uh kind of stares for a second and he goes that sucks <laughs> and then he just lies <laughs> away <laughs> so true like it's ridiculous just the little things they put in there yes uh, are uh, mind-blowing and mm. i've even noticed it when i you know maybe have a long hard day of hunting and uh you know you'll pick up the animal and put it on the horse and you like because that's the thing is it's so realistic that it's like you can't just shoot up all the animals in the game and it's like Mm -hmm. oh i just have all their pelts in some imaginary bag of holding that can carry everything (laughs) like you actually like have to put you have space issues to deal with and like you know, if you carve up something big like a bear or a gator, its pelt is going to take up the whole back of your horse. Like, you right. know, and so basically when you carry these pelts over your shoulder, a little bit of the blood will get onto like your clothes and it'll like stain your clothes. You're wearing. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And you go, if you go back to camp and basically I've had the people who are at the same camp as I am say, man, you need to change your clothes. Yeah. It's like, you got blood all over. That is nasty. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that is super detailed. Like, if you don't change your clothes in that game for a while, like, people will say you stink. And, like, yeah. so it's just incredible the amount of detail that went into it, that it really does feel yeah. real. Do you find yourself always going back to the camp? Because I, yeah. I find myself just naturally going back to camp. Even, like... There's that whole world out there to explore yes. in that game. 
And, and I you can always, camp anywhere too. Yeah, and you can camp anywhere. But I always find myself wanting to go back to camp and see what's going on. It's the community. The characters are so interactive. Yes. And every time, like I'm afraid I'm going to miss something if I don't go there long enough. Like I'm going to miss a mission or or some character interaction is going to happen that that I should see. You know, that tells part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the unique dialogue is great too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I've pretty much I haven't encountered any same dialogue at all in the game, like mm-hmm. or like repeat lines. It's all been something new every single time. Mm-hmm. At first, I really didn't like the controls and the feel of the game. Like at first, when it first started, I was I was thinking, oh man, this game is really great, except yeah. for the fact that Arthur Morgan feels like he's a five hundred pound man and you're moving <laughs> him through a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> a swamp filled with molasses. I mean, it just is so slow in everything. And I think that's the biggest complaint the game has got is just that he moves, everything moves so slow. Yeah. But then I, you know, I've been thinking about it more. You get used to it. And it's like, it's just incredibly realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's okay because everybody else moves at a relative speed. So it's not like it may feel like, oh, I'm just like a sitting duck here. But everybody else moves in a similar fashion, so the realism is is pretty mind-boggling. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there was one thing I, I just thought of um, while you guys were talking. Um, another good like storytelling, like you know, world-building aspect that I didn't really consider yet was um, if if you guys um, played Fallout New Vegas, there is a um, in the story mode there are like factions that you know basically control the the Mojave wasteland. So there's the New California Republic. There is the Caesar's Legion or Caesar's Legion. Um, then there is um, other separate factions, including uh, Followers of the Apocalypse. And hipsters. There's like, yeah, hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, <and laughs> Even like, in a post-apocalyptic world, hipsters yeah. will Isn't prevail. they're just a group of, like, Elvis lookalikes? Yeah, th- those are the kings. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're amazing. Um, then there's the Mr. House faction, which is the new vegas strip and then you have the cons like there's so many like sub factions too and it's like whoever you side with like those other factions react to you so for instance if i was you know part of caesar's legion for instance like if i if i wore like caesar's legion armor and outfit and such like people from um, the new california republic would shoot me on sight because hey that's their enemy they're gonna kill me or you know if i have you know allegiance to them if i talk to somebody like in normal clothing whatever you know, they're going to have like, you know, a reaction to you be based on your actions before. And like that stuff, I absolutely love. I love how like, you know, based on your actions, it changes the world around you, not just for you personally, but for everybody else. And even for the main story in a sense. And like, I think that's important to have because without that, you know, it's like, what impact am I making if it's just all like, you know, scripted in a way. So, mm-hmm. um, and even though that game came out, uh, what 10 years ago maybe more uh, uh, it, i think it was eight but yeah it's still around it's like long time like <laughs> yeah uh that that game holds up incredibly well and exactly oh, for the reason you're talking about i don't know of many other games that have replicated that system so well mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's insane like you know because there's different like endings that you can have and like there's a lot of like companions you can take as well and mm-hmm. you know Based and there's some that won't join you because you are part of a certain faction, because you know one was like you know an um an old NCR ranger 
at one point and you know he he won't join you if you are in caesar's legion because his wife was killed by people well sorry sold to slavery to caesar's legion mm-hmm. and like that's gonna make an effect on you if you side with them he's like i don't want anything to do with you get out of my face but like if you're in a different faction or whatever like he'll he'll more likely want to join you so it's like i love stuff like that you know that i guess that's the kind of thing i think story building um for worlds and stuff are more effective and personal in video games rather than any other medium yeah. um or like yeah. a different type of like perception i guess because with movies it's only through the camera's lens you know you're only seeing stuff through there or other yeah. supplements like you know books or essays or whatnot from the official canon but like mm-hmm. you know with video games you're exploring everything you know so it's yeah and experiencing it firsthand Mm -hmm. um yeah you know i i really like game of thrones in in regards to like world building um i especially really like how complex all of the characters are in game of thrones Mm -hmm. i think it's a show and a series that perfectly captures um the different spectrums of humanity that it's never oh, those are the good guys, those are the bad guys, really. It's like just several shades of gray. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not to get into 50 shades of gray here. Um, <laughs> that's a different world build that yeah. I don't want to explore. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, one of the characters, uh, uh, Jamie in Game of Thrones, and I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything, but there's a character in there named Jamie who I like absolutely despised in the beginning, and then it just... It ended up becoming one of my like favorite characters just because of how much depth he had because it's like you see what the like the outside the uh kind of shallow um front that people put on in the show mm-hmm. and then as you get to spend more time with them and you see more from them you kind of start to see what circumstances has helped shape them into who they are yeah and i think the best worlds are worlds that are filled with flawed characters Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's a reason Spider-Man and Batman are some of the two most popular comics of all time, and Superman is not. Yeah, uh, I know mm-hmm. shots fired there. I'm sure some people <laughs> get not be unhappy about that, but like Superman's perfect. It's like he's he's just there's it's why why would we want to play a Superman video game when he's Superman? It's like at a certain point, like you 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 miss the flaws, you miss the weaknesses because it's. Well, it's, it's like, more compelling. It's not fun, in yeah. a sense. So it's like you know, why would I want to just always playing in God keep winning? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> just just go console command and boom, you're you got the Superman game right there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just Batman and and Spider Man are just they have more depth to them. They have more things that haunt, like that haunt them, things that that bother them, um, and it just makes them way more interesting i think the the bad guys in in those uh comics are the same i, I think mm-hmm. mr freeze is one of the most compelling uh characters period that you know he's like yeah he's a bad guy but he's only a bad guy because he's trying to you know save his sick dying wife yeah and i gotta yeah. thank the uh the show f- uh from the um 90s because of that because before that he you know what mr freeze was back like in the 50s just an egghead pretty much just a dude <laughs> and if um, and a costume with a like a fishbowl head, and he had a freeze gun. That's all he was. He was basically Captain Cold, and he was the governor of California. <laughs> <laughs> California, yeah. And like, 
Um, it was just like really the, okay. Until I'm just that show say, came out, the quips in that movie were so great. Oh yeah, They're so cringeworthy. If, if you don't like, just... <laughs> if you don't watch it as a Batman movie, it's a fantastic flop. That's like <laughs> it's like a train crash. Like you can't not watch it. You it's know? a great horrible movie to watch. Yeah, it, it, it really, it really. Uma is. Thurman is Poison Ivy and Arnold Bane. Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, it's so good. Oh, that was just disaster. Chris O'Donnell as Robin and George Clooney as Batman, and there was all that controversy about the nipples on the bat suit in that mm-hmm. movie <laughs> well that was that was uh the director's choice he wanted that it was to his aesthetic choice yeah um my my favorite i quote, like the suit but puts the nipples on them <laughs> my i need f- to see the humanity in the costume we need we need the the girth we need the f- <laughs> <laughs> um but like i think my favorite part like it's because it's so corny and stupid but like um they were like some club or whatever, and Batman's like, "This is why Superman doesn't have a sidekick." It's like, "Oh, shut up! <laughs> Superman doesn't need a sidekick." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I laugh at that all the time. It's it always gets me. It's like, "Oh, just charge on the back credit card." It's like, "Oh man." <laughs> yeah. It's it's so cool that like you know it's that video games probably do it in a sense the best, but like there are other like outlets too in a sense like TV shows like. With Batman the animated series, like there was a lot of world building in that because um you had, you know, obviously with Mr. Freeze's history and such, but sometimes you had like, you know, other villains and other characters like interact with each other and such. Like there's a famous episode where like all the main villains play poker and discuss how they yeah, almost got that's Batman. Such a great episode. And, like no more normally, like, you know, like, oh, they would never like, you know, hang out or talk to each other. We're like, oh no, they do. They they have poker nights every month or so. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Killer Crocs was like, I always got him with a big rock. It was a big rock. <laughs> Today I learned that uh Killer Croc was Charlie Brown as a kid. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> that would that would be an interesting origin story. I would like to see how that would correlate to yeah, that. Yeah, Charlie Brown's had enough. He's been bullied for too long. <laughs> Ascends into reptilian form. <laughs> Actually, no. That's more of a. It's more of a like bear wild wolf. cat. Yeah. I, I don't know. That. I don't know what you were doing there. <laughs> um, I can't do reptile. I'm sorry. So Mike, it's, what, a, it's a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the title, reptile dysfunction. <laughs> um, so, so Mike, what would you say is like some of your like you know favorite like kind of like examples for store world building and stories? Oh gosh, um, yeah, mean, easy I, question for you. you know, I know. Uh, Harry Potter was the one growing up that just drew me into world building. Oh, yeah. um, but Star Wars also. Yeah, Star Wars is very expansive. Huge, and I, I was the nerd that read the Star Wars books growing up. So, oh yeah, uh, everything about that universe is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's so well, well kept together. Um, in terms so, of like the movies, this, you know. Yeah. So the stuff you read now back then is it canon anymore? Or was it part of Legends? Oh no, now? nothing is canon. <laughs> uh, everything is Legends. Yeah. Um, I, I hate that so much because there were yeah. some really good stories back then. And the new stuff is good, but you just know it's part of that new phase of, of Disney's empire. And you're like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Disney is the empire. Disney, oh. yes. Yeah. Disney you is know. the empire. <laughs> um, but like, I th- what I think is cool about the Harry Potter thing is that, you know, the world building is so expansive and extent it goes into our own lives as well. 
So mm-hmm. Universal Orlando has, and, and Hollywood too, they have Harry Potter exhibit areas and it's so detailed. It is insane. Yeah. And it's like my favorite yeah. thing in Florida. Like I love Walt Disney World, don't get me wrong, but the green, uh, the uh, Diagon Alley section at Universal Orlando is probably like one of my favorite things down there. Oh yeah, it takes well, the cake in terms of, of world world building yeah. um, at a theme park. I mean, Disney's been doing it for decades, um, mm-hmm. yep. but Universal when they got Harry Potter, they they upped their nah, game, and, nah, and there, nah, there's nah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no going back on that one. Um, yeah, you, you can Universal. see, you can see it now. They're they're a changed company. Oh, in for terms sure. Of the theme park industry. Yeah. I mean, it made them. They were probably at the mm-hmm. point where they were like, "Guys, does anybody have any ideas? Like anybody? Because <laughs> we don't have much IPs here." <laughs> I, well, you know, and it's it's interesting that you said Harry Potter because I think Harry Potter is actually, and I'd say Star Wars too, but. Uh, it's one of those uh, worlds that kind of the interest in it transcends generations as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather and my dad are two examples of people from two other different generations that absolutely loved Harry Potter. I mean, you know, my yeah. great grandfather was greatest generation and then my dad's a baby boomer. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously all of us kids were millennials and it's something we can all bond over is, you know, how much we enjoy Harry Potter. And if you can make a world that is something that tra- like traverses uh, different age ranges in um, uh, demographics, like that's that's truly incredible. Yeah, yeah that's a success right there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not dated either. Like, yet yeah, you know, in the books it takes place in the '90s, and the movies is kind of you know just in the 2000s. But like, it's still like the the like the themes of it are still relevant. Like, it's not like at all like you know like I said, dated it all. And it's like, it's nice to like, like you said, it transcends, you know, just yeah. generations. And it's same thing with my, my mother and my, my grandfather, they read the books too. Like, you know, it's just, yep. it's not just a kid's thing. It's literally for everybody. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but begin back to Diagon Alley. Like, you know, what I loved about that is that it pulled elements from the books and the movies, like something yeah. that like everybody can enjoy, not just like only one section. Like, oh, I wish they did this. Like, no, they got it for pretty much for everybody. And if you've watched the movies at all, like it is exactly how it is in the movies, and it's absolutely incredible. Which is good to always get get out in front of all the book hipsters. It's like <laughs> we get it. You read the book. <laughs> yeah, it's always it gets so annoying when it's like, well, in the books, it's not like this at all. It's like, yeah, we know. We all read the books too. Okay. <laughs> Right, because it's just an adaption. Let's just 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 roll with it, okay? Yeah, but like you know, it, but what I'm getting at here is that like you know, is this like the next step to like world building in a sense where like it comes to our own lives? Because now Disneyland, Disney, uh, Walt Disney World mm-hmm. have the Star Wars Galaxy Edge um, areas coming up, and yep. apparently, from what I've heard, like it's canon in a sense. Like Batu is actually like going to be a place in the universe or something like that, that, that we go into. So it's like, you know, this is a whole next step of like, you know, yes. Yeah. How expansive it's going to be. Yeah. They're going to have their whole, uh, they're going to have an, like an airspace, their own airspace. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it just it seems like well. a good idea. Right. <laughs> Disney so, can afford to have their own airspace <laughs> with flyovers and uh, all kinds of like stylized star Wars jets. I'm just saying, I can think of a, at least one pilot I know, my buddy, who would absolutely volunteer uh, to fly 
uh, a replica <laughs> X-Wing, even if it was just a plane, like it's a plane, but it just cosmetically looks like an X-Wing, and like the whole right. job is just to fly over the park and be like, hey, like yeah. waving to people. Oh, yeah, it'd be, be incredible. All over that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, it, we're already getting to this next step here, and like, you know, there's, you know, rides, attractions, shows, and like, you know, the whole place you can walk through. It's kind of the same thing with Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade and stuff. So, my question is, if you guys had a property that you would want to expand its world into our own lives, at, like a theme park as such, like what would you choose in it. a sense? It? I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's not much there, man. How about no? <laughs> it's, nobody's coming to that park. Right. Well, like I know like Nintendo Land is coming up for Universal as well. So Which it's is like, brilliant. Yeah. I think you'd have to go Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon, Pokemon, yeah. I mean, the fact that we don't have, at least I don't think, uh, a like just dedicated Pokemon theme park world, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Universal, yeah. they're, they're they working on it. I bet they are. I That's mean, the rumor. I mean, they bought 450 acres in Orlando uh, yeah. last year, so who knows what they're, they're attempting to build with all that. It would be uh, an investment that would pay off uh, tenfold, I think. Oh, for sure. Is what yeah, I predict. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I was also, I actually just thought this as well, and I, I'm ashamed of myself for not even thinking of it earlier. But uh, Springfield area for yep. um, Universal, mm-hmm. like, I absolutely love going there. And as like a huge avid fan, like, you know, you get to drink Duff beer, you get to go to the Quickie Mart, you know, you mm-hmm. get to go through all this areas that you know you don't These normally... iconic places yeah and it's absolutely incredible like i remember the first time i did it you know like, i was just like absolutely stunned and i'm like i am literally like in most tavern right now like i see the pool table i see the love tester machine like it's it's all there and it's like that's like it'll become experiences next rather than you know just you know um only what we find in just the medium itself so it's gonna be an interesting future coming up here (laughs) paying for the experience spoken like a true millennial (laughs) (laughs) we come full circle um i can think of one it could be difficult but it could work um a lord of the rings yeah area (laughs) i think would be really like it'd be hard to do because that that's a lot of lore to go through but mm-hmm. like if it's like a Rivendell or like yeah, and um, their fast pass could be just birds flying you to the end of the road, <laughs> <laughs> giant eagles that just take you to the front of the line. Exactly. Um, I feel like that one would be really cool because like you know you get to like go through Mordor or you know Gondor, mm-hmm. Rohan, and you know the Shire, the Misty Mountains. Like there's so many iconic. <laughs> but see, the thing is, is like that moments. would re- that would require so much like land. I know that's and what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It'd be tough and risky. <laughs> How but, like, many Americans are like, I am not walking. <laughs> I am not walking to the Shire from Mordor. Here. Yeah, that's like a uh, quarter of a mile away. I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna take the the hayride <laughs> as I chow down on a chicken mutton. You know, one of those uh, giant mutton. Uh, yeah. What? Oh my god. Bone meat. Wow, I just meat stick, man. That's all you need to say. <laughs> I just I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> Uh, but I think my favorite would be going into the Shire and getting food, though. That would be amazing. Like, getting some yeah. drinks, you know. But I can't really think of, like, anything else off the top of my head. But, like, maybe um, – well, I mean, they're already doing the Marvel stuff at Disneyland and 
everything else besides Disney World. So, I mean, there's yeah. that. See, um, I'm waiting for someone to invest in, um, in, unfortunately, bring it back to video games. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a big proponent right now of Fallout having its own theme park land. Fallout? Fallout, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I think that would be incredible to see. Mm-hmm. You could get so creative with the food. You know, like oh, yeah. have right. like, uh, all right, we have some radioactive Sugar. rad roaches, but it's like not roaches. It's like just looks like rad roaches, but it's like delicious mystery right. meat. Yeah, and, and I don't uh, know if you guys, bombs. I don't know if you guys played the Nuka World expansion for Fallout Four. Oh, I haven't, not yet. But that that expansion, that DLC, basically took every opportunity to make fun of the theme park business. Oh, really? Like the whole thing is just. Uh, a shoot fest at Disney and Universal, <laughs> and all the games are rigged. Everything <laughs> fantastic about that, um, and I could I could see such a great world building off of that. Oh yeah, um, even because it's so small, you know, it's not like Lord of the Rings where you have to have all these locations, and it's not right. Harry Potter where there's so many elements. It's just you could have a town, or you could have a an abandoned amusement park. So you, you would say design a whole world out of that. So you would say it's a small world after all? <laughs> <laughs> I had some friends who used to work that ride, and they said the rumors are true that if you, nobody works that ride for any longer than a month because that's that's about all they can take. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going off topic. Don't drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, what, what would you, like, um, what area of the United States would you have that as because you know a lot of the follow games are located in the west coast you know like um, new california public is like you know near nevada arizona california mm-hmm. then you have boston for fallout 4 then washington dc for fallout 3 west virginia for the newest uh, game that came out um, a couple days ago for 76 so it's like what would you do then at that point see i feel like you could do wherever your park is located so say they built it right Ooh. in orlando and yeah. then somebody just like nuked a town in the center of your theme park. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually it's like, a great boom, idea, right? Yeah, because you don't have That's to fake an environment in a sense. You can just like <laughs> use what you have around you and just like put some trash in there. It's like, hey, this exactly. is actually Fallout. <laughs> See, and that's actually creating jobs because we're just going to dumpsters and like, uh, you know, landfills. And it's like, yeah, can we take this? Yeah, no one else is using it. Cool, we're going to use it for a theme park and just throw it everywhere to make it look really real. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then they can just encourage like the tourists just like, "Hey, we don't have trash cans. Just drop your your corn dog stick on the floor here." <laughs> it's aesthetics. <laughs> You're adding to the park. Don't you feel great? <laughs> but yeah, that's actually a great idea. I didn't even think about like the yeah. um, current and location. And then you just attach a hotel to it, but it's just a vault, and it's like, "Ooh, boom, nice. You're done." <laughs> yeah, have like the Vault Twenty One uh, hotel in New Vegas, where it's like underground. So yes. like you know, it's not like an eyesore in a sense, like to the you know outside the theme park, but like mm-hmm. you know, it's something like hey, like you can just like explore whatever's that. But then again, it'd be kind of tough to build, but it'd still be really cool if they did that, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I feel like you know you can in a sense kind of do what uh, Disney's doing with Star Wars uh, Galaxy Edge is that like you basically add on to the lore in a sense, so. Like, mm-hmm. when you go to this area, it is actually canon with all these events going on. Yeah, like, you know, we're not going to be there in a sense, but, like, you know, it's 
it'd be cool like hey that attraction that show that ride this place it's it it is you know part of the story in a sense so yeah like i guess that's gonna be the future then just like having like i said more experiences would be perfect (laughs) (laughs) going back full circle yes getting paid in experiences Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah that's just that's uh, going off topic in a nutshell for you (laughs) (laughs) burn to myself Okay, so that kind of uh, wraps up the show here, but uh, I wanted to give an uh, opportunity for Mike to uh, give a little plug-in for his uh, podcast that is totally awesome. So uh, what you got for us? And unlike us, he actually stays on topic and is uh, <laughs> much better at it than we are. Uh, you would think. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, we do the MV Traveler podcast. It's me and a buddy, um, and I really wanted to explore... Um, you know, there are a lot of theme park podcasts, but we really just wanted to like sit down and discuss some news, you know, what's coming out, but yep. also uh, occasionally, you know, focus our episodes in. And so uh, we were going through the history of Halloween Horror Nights at Universal yeah, um, I remember for the last that. few weeks. And uh, that was a really great experience to sit through. And, you know, you sift through all this information about theme parks and their history and it's funny to see how much repetition is throughout the industry between oh, yeah. parks, you know, um, having talked about Halloween Horror Nights and having worked for Disney and now I'm working for uh, SeaWorld Orlando. And right. it's it's amazing to see how it runs as an industry because it's not an industry any like any other that has been in play um, mm-hmm. in the last century. Um, yeah, it's it's insane, it's, like seeing its rapid growth from like you mm-hmm. know early twentieth century to now. Like, you know, even since Disneyland when it first opened, like it's you know vastly different. You know, yeah. And I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it it really is the top level of interactive experience, um, and and that world building and you know creating characters and telling stories to people. Um, mm-hmm. And it, at the bottom of it all, it's a big part of the entertainment uh, industry. And I think it's going to become the biggest part of the entertainment industry in the long run. So, oh, yeah. I mean, on our podcast, we just try to, you know, get everything out and, and kind of talk, you know, how the business is following. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I absolutely love the flow of it, too, because like you guys obviously like, you know, we're part of that, you know, so you do have some merit mm-hmm. what you're talking about and not like me, which I'm just like an avid fan. You yeah, know? we're <laughs> experts of nothing. So <laughs> to actually be an expert on a topic, it must be pretty refreshing to listeners. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's just for all listeners out there, it's a very awesome, fun podcast to listen to. And like, you know, you get to learn more stuff, you know, also current things as well that's happening. And um, where can they where can they find to um, download and listen to these episodes? Uh, you can find us on YouTube, uh, South by Midwest Podcast, or you can find us on iTunes at MV okay. Traveler Podcast. Awesome. You heard it there, folks, right, right from the man. But yeah, so this is a, one thing for us here, but uh, don't forget to give us a rating or review on any of our podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, our favorite SoundCloud. Um, it gets us noticed more by the public, so, you know, a little wink wink there for us um uh, check us they, out they, they may not want the public to know about us it might be one of those things where it's like oh yeah i was listening to them before 
they had seven listeners. I was listening when it was just the three of us. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Um, but go ahead and check us out on all of uh, check us out on our Facebook page for all the latest news, updates, and everything else related to going off topic. And that is www.facebook.com slash going off topic. All one, all no spaces at all. But if you do hit a space, uh, it'll tear the fabric of the universe. So yeah, you don't want just that. Just keep that in mind. Trust me, I, I did that before, and uh, yeah, I, nothing good. Came you from won't it. believe how hard it is to find a seamstress for the universe. <laughs> But from all of us here, just want to thank everybody for joining in. And uh, once again, thank you, Mike, for joining us as well. It was a yes, pleasure having you on here. Thank you guys for having me. Yep. All right, everybody. Have a good one. See ya. See ya.